Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for couples therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's Where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies Talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling To messy situationships and conscious and coupling From Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu Text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah you are invited, ah Needing therapy, I guarantee baby we got it It's Hello, everyone, and welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Naomi. My name is Andy. And we're a real-life couple. Real-life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, we answer a couple of different questions from a couple of different listeners. We're recording this, of course, in two separate rooms. I'm still in the Quar Zone. I tested positive (laughs) yesterday. No medical... Naomi, no medical professional could give me a consistent answer. I don't even know if there is an actual scientific consensus on when you are no longer given off COVID fumes. It you mean been... contagi- contagious? Yes. I really could not think <laughs> of the word. And that was not brain fog. I didn't have any brain fog. I had all the, all the uh, symptoms of like a flu and none of the symptoms of COVID. That's just regular old uh, Andy not having caffeine for two weeks. But... No, there's no scientific consensus on when you're no longer contagious. I tested negative on a rapid test, positive on a PCR test. Am I contagious? It's now been about 
uh, 11 or 12 days since the like worst symptoms. Am I contagious? Will I get you? Will I get the pets sick? I don't know. So basically, living in our house is cool and good and chill. I am back home. Mabel and I did return from our safe house because when Andy tested negative on the rapid, we were like, yeah. And then we came back home and then it was like, oh, wait, no, still positive, which means COVID is just coming out of his mouth. Okay. Just shedding it, shedding it left and right. Again, we're not doctors, but we're trying to be safe because if I somehow manage to not get the cocoa at this rate, I mean, let's just see if we can bring it on home, you know, and try to avoid it. So I'm sleeping on the couch. You guys, our couch, (laughs) I realize I get pain in my hip after like an hour. So basically the thing with this couch is I'm not sleeping because it's just, it's too, basically where two of the cushions meet, it's just like a deep old dent. And so my body is almost kind of like an accordion as I rest. And then, and then because Andy is in the back is that something adam levine wrote your body is a holy fuck your body is an accordion i thought you meant john mayer <laughs> could also be john mayer your body is, but i went for whatever was in the public consciousness now no you're correct yeah 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 you're correct i still don't understand why everybody was so i don't even know what the point is it's like he said somebody was so fucking hot it's like okay i don't care I don't care. <laughs> I know. There's so much stuff that people want us to care about. Like the don't worry, darling drama. I don't <laughs> care. I, at <laughs> first, I was like a little interested. Like, oh, is, you know, like what's actually happening? Like, because, you know, it, this is the industry we're in. And I'm curious about like, how do things uh, behind the scenes translate to the on screen stuff? But then after like the fifth, like today, there was a. Uh, Kiki Lane throwing shade. I'm just like, no, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm no longer clicking on these articles. I do not care. I mean, it's like, don't worry, darling. Drama. I'm like, honey, it said, don't worry, darling. I ain't worried. Okay, darling, I ain't worried. That's that's what he said, because I do not care. I can't care. I don't care about any of these people. I don't care about Adam Levine. I, I guess I feel, was he cheating on his wife? I feel bad for his wife. I, I guess know. in abstract, like I don't in actually have, I don't ac- actually have those feelings. Right. right I guess right, if right, I were right. to meet her, I would empathize with her in person, but yeah, she's like a model where I go to me. It's just, I just think it's a prime example. It's like, no matter what, you know, people, people love to think that if a woman is a model, somehow everything is perfect. Right. And she's so uh-huh. perfect. and Everyone thinks she's so beautiful. And it's like, you could still be a supermodel and get done dirty. Okay. And to me, that just goes back to what I always say, which is that life is hard. That's become my new mantra. My new hot take is life is hard. No matter who you are, no matter what's happening, life is hard. Even for like rich, terrible people, like, well, no, I guess if you don't have a conscience, life isn't hard, but like for people, like I even think like if you're a Kardashian, life is hard. As much as I don't know what they do or what they give to society, I was like, you know what? It's probably really hard to have every aspect of your life scrutinized and for your entire existence and value to hinge on what you post on social media. Unless you're a psychopath. If some of these people or many of them are psychopaths, then they don't have those feelings. Right. Right, right, right. You're correct. So it depends. How do we get here? I don't like us over Zoom. I don't like the Zoom dynamic because like I can't interrupt you as easily. And I love to interrupt you and just go off on something. And now I have to like listen to you finish a thought. And then I start saying stuff. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't like this one bit. Absolutely not. The two box experience. That's (laughs) that is what Sudi today's episode. The wonderful Sudi Green. 
she talked about there. She's like, am I getting the one box experience from you or the two box experience? Because this is the only one that we have taped where you and I were not in the same room together. This is an episode that will live on in the Couples Therapy Museum. Okay, <laughs> This is an episode that people will look back on. The, the one time Andy and Naomi recorded with a guest and they were in two separate locations. Not simply two boxes, because here at least we're in the same home. And so I can get an echo of your laughter. Uh-huh. We recorded with Sudi and we were in two entirely different structures. Okay. And that was huge. But I will say, I think we did pretty well. I think so. I think we did pretty well. I do think the listeners should know, you know, Andy, as you know, Andy's been in the house. He's been pretty isolated. I'm back now, but he pretty much had eight days where he was just in a bedroom alone. It was like a sad reverse misery situation. Where, like, I wasn't. Yes, I broke my own legs. Exactly. Exactly. I was like, I wasn't there to be like, I have a plan for our future. It was like, you were alone and you broke your own legs and you're just laying there. And so I think this episode with Sudi, you were a little, I think it was probably your intro to human conversation that lasted this long, right? Like, it was probably your first hour long <laughs> conversation. You think I was a little punchy? Not punchy. I think you were a little, you were quieter than normal, I think. And I think that's just because, you know, and I, and I, and I, part of me was like, okay, I'll take, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm going to talk. I'm going to take up the mantle regardless. Well, that's the thing. But I thought. In person, I can like touch your leg, be like, hey, <laughs> you know, you're, you're uh, dominating a little bit much. Let me, uh, let me get a little uh, one liner in here. Let me get a little uh, Stephen Wright esque one liner in here. Little Mitch Hedberg-y one-liner. Well, I tried to let you have moments. I really was holding <laughs> back at times. I said, you know what? But then I would kind of hold back. and I was like, oh, Andy tired. Like, he's, you know. So I just figured I would take it over. The fact is, you guys, we really don't need to be doing all this talking because we have a wonderful guest, and we should get to that guest. But before mm. we do, I do want to tell you, if you are in the Los Angeles area, Friday, October 21st, 8.30 p.m., I got another show at Largo. And... I will be giving you a beautiful lineup because that's what I do. I put together the show that I would want to attend. So everybody on Naomi Ekperigan makes friends are people who I love, people I want to see, people I want to talk to. And I think that the audience will too. So if you're interested, go to Largo's website and get some tickets Friday, October 21st. Now enough about me. We got to pivot to our wonderful guest. And that guest is... Sudi Green. You know Sudi probably from her work as a writer. She's written on Shrill. I love that for you on Showtime. Saturday Night Live. Ever heard of it? And you know what? <laughs> this was a wonderful conversation. I feel like this was a, we were able to really get in there with Sudi. And this, considering it was Zoom, considering you and I were separate, considering we didn't know that much about her going into the conversation, I think we really got some beautiful, beautiful conversation going. Yeah. Yeah, this was lovely. This was both funny. We we really ran the gamut between uh, funny and heartwarming <laughs> or earnest, maybe. Um, so without further ado, roll it. Hello, Sudi Green. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to couples therapy. Oh, it's my favorite couple. You have one of those <laughs> names where it feels like you should say the full name. Really, I love that. Yeah, it's a good it's it's weird because it's like you got Sudi, which is my mom, who's from Iran. Well, my real name is actually Asudeh. And then okay. Sudi I was wondering kinda, if it was short for something. Yeah, it's short. It's short for <laughs> Asudeh, which what in like elementary school was like Asuda, Asadeh. Yeah. 
like all that. And I would, I'm, I would get so mad. I would get so mad when people, and I was in little kindergarten, me being like, it's Asuda. I don't get what's so hard about it. It's Asuda. <laughs> and then I would get so mad. And then like Sudi was a family nickname. And so then I just like adopted that. And then green is my dad and it just couldn't be more white. So <laughs> that's Jewish? me, babe. No, he's not. He's not. And, and I guess he's plain I, white. He's just he's plain, plain white. He's just plain <laughs> German, Iowa white. Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. It's really cool. But I do <laughs> get assumed to be chosen often. And I it's, a, it's one of the greatest honors of my life. <laughs> Where did you grow up? Delaware. 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 You grew yeah. up what? Newark, right? Newark, yeah. It's actually pronounced Newark. Newark. Apologies. The Delaware town. This is Apologies, fact. Asuda. Fun fact of the Amtrak corridor. Um, uh-huh. I'm coming in hot with the pronunciations on the pod. Um, <laughs> Newark is the New Jersey yep. town, and Newark is the Delaware town. Okay, Delaware. Is that a wealthy area? Because that's like near, like the, the closest proximate, like, uh, like Pennsylvania stuff is like Westchester and... Yes, yes. My sister lives in Westchester. Um, it is not a wealthy area. It's a mix. I would say Delaware has a little pocket of like wealth, like Joe Biden. Yeah, Joe Biden, northern <laughs> Delaware, kind of like um there's a town called Greenville that's like pretty bougie. But even people who are rich in Delaware are like Delaware rich. Like when I went to NYU, I was like, oh, even the rich people I know are like nowhere near like California rich. <laughs> Um, and then my, no, my area is not a wealthy area. I mean, like it's a university town. So there's like, uh, you know, uh, professor vibes, but there's also like, oh yeah, we're going to go down Wawa and get a cheesesteak. Okay. I was going to say, can't wait to get a hoagie at Wawa. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, was there Delco accents, uh, as I call the mayor of East town, because (laughs) ever since that show, I cannot stop saying wooder. I'd like some wooder. Yeah. And I started as a joke, and now it's just the way I say "water." Water ice, too. That's what they call Italian ice. Water ice. Water ice. Oh my! No wonder they couldn't say your first name. They're already messing up the regular, the words that don't have an ethnic background. Do you know what I mean? I know. You just changed it. You didn't change it for Hollywood. You changed it for your your grade school. I changed it for the Hollywood of Downs Elementary. (laughs) 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 What's John Stewart's real name? We don't know. We don't John know. Stewart like has the, it's like like Joey Greenberg or something. I don't know, but it's like he changed it to like John Stewart for Hollywood. Are people still doing that? Are still people doing the Natalie Portman thing? Or I feel like now you can just be like Esther Mankiewicz and like just be. I don't know it. if you can really because like, I, I, I know what you mean because I'm always like, are people still doing it? But I think they still are because because think about it. The the great goal in Hollywood is to be ethno ambiguo. Right? right. The best option is to be like a light tan and they mm-hmm. could just make you anything. And then you're and the I, future. <laughs> then you're on you're then you're on Star Trek, you're on a spaceship somewhere, and they're like, it's the future. Everybody is tawny. I mean, Zendaya, Literally, what is her last everyone's name? Everyone's tawny. Exactly. Tawny Newsom. Are Private you allowed to say tawny? As I said it, I was like, <laughs> is this like not a cool term? Or is it just a color? Or is it just like beige? Yeah, I think I mean, you're okay. I, I I think it's an okay d- 
descriptor came out of my mouth and I got nervous. Isn't it so funny because you're like, because because people get so mad about words where they're like, this has a connotation of this back in 1895 yeah. and now you are hateful. And it's like, sir, we're not in 1895. I did not read a history book before I started this conversation. Yeah. <laughs> Why is the assumption that like I'm trying to insult you like an old timey prospector? You know, you should have been omniscient. That's the that's the the big complaint of the internet. Why weren't you omniscient? Right, right. You should. <laughs> Why have weren't you perfect? Why did also not just perfect, right? Why did you know my personal issue with this? Do you know what I mean? When somebody responds and it's like, as a mother, I was like, okay, ma'am, I don't even know you. Some people, that's all they got. Some people, that's all they got. All they got is their struggles, and all they have is does this offend me or not? <laughs> yes, and that's. Yes. How does that's this identity. That's personality. Oh, that broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Me, I got little opinions about everything, no matter what my background. It's actually just all coming from my bitchy little brain. <laughs> <laughs> little opinions. I love the idea that's little. That's like Sudi Green's little opinions. L I L apostrophe yeah. opinions. I have an opinion about everything. Sorry. I man. like bitchy brain. I prefer that. I just prefer like my bitchy brain. But now <laughs> speaking of your bitchy brain and speaking of your little opinions, <laughs> Sudi, um, I, I think of you as a cool customer. I think mm. of you as like a hip, cool gal who's like learned how to deep condition her curls over the years and is like giving us style and is just like confident. You know, and sure, so we're all sweet. struggling with something. Why not? But I'm Why saying, not? like, you project, like you. I think you, you, you sell a cool confidence. Oh my god! And I want to know where'd you get it from? How did it happen? Who told you you were enough at an early age? I <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have kind of benefited from blind confidence my entire life, and it's been um, to degrees of well received. <laughs> And, uh, you know, there were a lot of moments. I mean, like, I think that thank you for complimenting specifically my appearance, because I think that's the only thing that matters. Um, Mm -hmm. It took a lot to get to this point. And it's not this every day. You know what I mean? (laughs) But like, I basically only just figured it out two years ago. Like only kind of just like the final couple of like the bangs were big. I got my teeth fixed a couple of years ago. Oh, wait, can you tell Andy that story? Because I remember when I saw you, I ran to Sudia's show and I just said, you have amazing teeth because you know how I am with teeth, Andy. Naomi (laughs) comments on every actor's teeth. Then we're the same type of gal. On a show. (laughs) Like, like she's like, oh, yeah, you can see that they got their teeth fixed because back in this movie from 2010, you could see how janky their teeth were. I mean, hello. Did you see original Veronica Mars? Tessa Thompson got new teeth. Okay. And a lot of things changed for her when she did. I wonder. I'm not going to say one, you know what I mean? Like, did the success come with the new teeth? I That's don't know. That's the world know. we're living in. But there were new teeth. My but- parents' two big things were orthodontia and a college education. Sure. Sure. That opens up doors. Both of them. So, is that why you <laughs> fell in love with me, Naomi, my straight teeth? Well, I will say your nice smile was definitely part of it. My choppers. I can't, I can't kiss a mouth of janky teeth. That's me personally. Okay? That's me personally. But, Sudi, we, back to you. Talk to me about your I've, teeth. Journey. I've talked about my pot. I talked about my teeth on so many. Podcasts oh, really? So the that I actually regret bringing it up. <laughs> Long story short, if you're a fan of the Sudi Canon, you can go into other <laughs> podcasts 
where I talk about my teeth. I got my teeth fixed when I got money. That's the end of the story. <laughs> oh, I love this idea. This is like a meta thing. Did you uh, talk about this on like your last Las Culturistas appearance? I've talked about teeth, my teeth on so many podcasts that a friend of a friend of mine was doing a, uh, an Australian woman named Lola Berry. She has a great podcast in, well, it's everywhere, but it's, I think, popular in Australia. And she was doing an interview with me, which was really interesting, where she like researched me as if I was an important person. And because mm-hmm. she isn't just like a comedian who's like having a cool chat with her friends. And so she listened to all of the <laughs> podcasts I had been on and was like, what's the deal with your teeth? <laughs> and I, oh my god i've i've talked about this on so many podcasts i just gave you the long and short of it um and that is why yes i am the confident woman that i am today i don't know why i'm i mean i think i had like a cool feminist mom who told me i was good at things mm-hmm. and let's be honest i was a little bit of a smart kid and i got a lot of validation for my intelligence and and here I am. I wish I wish my I wish that on everyone. I That's wish beautiful. Everybody. That's a beautiful. It really is. Wait, are you an only child? No, I have an older sister who is way smarter than I am. Are you guys like friends? Best friends. Oh. We talk all the time. She's a huge fan of the pod. Shout out to Samine. Um, yeah. Wow. What? Huge fan of the pod. Last time we were on, we were on a road trip and we were like, what should we listen to? And I was like, I hadn't, sorry, listened to you guys in a couple of weeks. And I was like, oh, I'm not caught up on couples therapy. And she was like, I am. <laughs> I was like, okay. Is wow. your mom first um, generation? Yeah. My mom was born in Iran and she moved here like. Uh, I guess she was like in her, she was like in her late teens, early twenties. Before the revolution? Um, Kind of before slash during. I don't really remember. The timeline is iffy. Shit was going down. I think that there were rumblings. (laughs) Um, It was kind of a vibe of like, let's get out of here. Yeah. And then the hostage crisis happened. I think her freshman year. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the details are fuzzy, but you know what? If, if, you, if I had the wherewithal right in any given time, like if I lived in a place, I mean, shit, I'm trying to get out of America now. I'm the person <laughs> who's out with the rumblings. Okay. The moment I hear some rumblings, I'm like, let's pack a bag. Okay. Yeah. If I have the, if I have the cash, if I have the passport, I'm getting out of Dodge. What's going to be our hostage crisis in America? Like, what is the thing where we're like, fuck it. I'm done. See you later. Because things have gotten pretty bad. So, I like, what, what is Christo the, like... Christo-fascism, a term that I learned from this podcast and now use all the time. <laughs> Andy, that's your legacy. Um, um, I agree with you, Naomi. And my least favorite thing, uh, like, whether it is, like, okay, um, the, the flood is coming, like, let's go. <laughs> or if it's, like, yeah, like, I hate when I'm with somebody and I'm, like, um, okay, this party is giving an unsafe vibe let's get out of here and they like are like what no because it's like now not only am i not leaving i'm staying and i'm nervous and i'm probably stoned and now i'm fucking paranoid and (laughs) like literally one time i was on a street corner with matt rogers and there we were outside the beast right after they closed ucb east and it was like 2 a.m and we were fucked up (laughs) and i saw some guys like basically like eyeing us to mm-hmm. jump us mm-hmm. and or rob us or whatever the yeah, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, 
Matt, let's walk over here. Let's walk over here. Let's walk over here. And if I had, I'm sorry, if I had been with a woman, they would have been like, where are we going? Where are we going into a credit bar, into a credit bar? And he, his reaction was, what? No, you're being crazy. And I was like, King. And then they saw me seeing them and then they fucked off. See, but that's the thing. I'm the same way. And I believe that that is part of like you need because I'm not I'm not growing up teens, college. I would like travel with friends and then our friendship would be over. And <laughs> not only am I rigid, so that's definitely part of it. But I re- I've learned on the other side to not just loosen up, but you have to travel with people who have the same safety gauge as you. Because yeah. I think that will be the biggest thing. Because when one friend wants to go in a car with some dudes and drive to a party and you don't, you got a problem. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because like you can't in good conscience leave that person. But now you up in there with your hand hovering over the nine saying, what is the local hospital? Okay, what are the local police? Will they even believe my black ass? Mm-hmm. And I realize when you don't have that same safety gauge, it's going to be a long, hard journey. And it's also, a tough, it's a tough balance to hit because mm-hmm. I totally get, yes, let's not go in a car and, with these men, but maybe if they tell us where they're going, we can go in a separate car, <laughs> meet them there and kind of like see it separately. Like, you know what I mean? Because you yeah. don't want to be with that person also when you're traveling and they're like, is it a safe area? <laughs> and I'm like, ma'am, stick your passport in your bra yeah. Yeah, and yeah, let's yeah, see yeah. some shit. You know, but I also feel like like I sometimes people will like tell me certain things or like whatever unsafe or shady. And my reaction is always like, well, like I lived in New York for 12 years. So like, is it that level of like, is it, <laughs> is it safe? You know what I mean? Or is it like your ass is from like the suburbs of s- suburbia and right. you're like, right, oh right, right. God. That's definitely the difference. But I mean, Andy, <laughs> didn't I have to teach you? Uh, I think living in Philadelphia, New York taught me. But like, I really love Sudi your your definition of like when to get out of America. It's like the same thing as like when the vibes are off at a party. Like yeah. you'll know, you'll <laughs> yeah. know when to get out of America if the vibes are off on the and and the vibes are already kind of off, right? Oh, you already been know off. It, walking around day well, to day. They've been off, but like you know, like when it's off and it's just like oh, this is a weird party versus oh, this is a dangerous party. Right, like when there's a vibe of like. Um, items in the home are about to be broken. There's about to be like, there's about to be a hole in the wall. Mm, You know mm -hmm, what I mean? mm -hmm, Like it mm -hmm. takes a turn. I also feel that way sometimes on sets when it's like, there's now a vibe of a lot of extras and we're rushing and everybody, let's just kind of take a breath. All right. Mm -hmm. Because somebody's about to step on something. (laughs) But, (laughs) but also though, I think, But here's the thing. I'll be honest. The three of us, we would have left America if we weren't in this godforsaken business because we're in a business (laughs) that can kind of only happen here. Meaning the amount of money you can make in this business only happens in America. Everybody else is like, what you want? You play make-believe. Here's $20 an hour. You know what I mean? Like they're paying you commensurate with what you're doing. You have no special skill. You're just a pretender. Uh And so we stay. We stay for the teeth fixing money. Actually, do you think that's the upside of having non-nationally, no funding for the arts in this country? That it's like (laughs) so privatized that you get like these extreme, there is no middle ground. Whereas like if we were in Holland, like the government would be paying us a living wage to make puppets. Yeah. It's like, well, would I be making a living wage making puppets or would I be 
overpaid to be a clown. Right. You know, like <laughs> right. over like overpaid for dick jokes. Right. Right. I would love to be a a, a middle class puppet maker in <laughs> Amsterdam. <laughs> Yeah, I think yeah. that would be a a delightful existence. Yeah, I agree. I agree because think about it: you're a middle class puppet maker, but you don't have to pay to go to the hospital. You you like get like probably what thirty days of vacation a year. I just made up a number. Yeah. I had a friend of mine who he was he lived in Berlin and he was a dancer and he literally said, Germany's paying me to dance. Like he would teach some hip hop classes. And we would joke that he was teaching white people how to loosen their core because it's all about how you work the middle <laughs> in hip hop. You know, he was like, I'm dealing with people who know how to dance but don't know how to work the middle. And so he was like, he was getting paid to teach people how to work the That's middle. That's beautiful. And I said, this is the dream. It would be the dream. And also because the thing in America is like either you're making two dollars or m- way more than that. And so yeah. there is no middle ground. You yeah. know what I mean? And like just the idea, like what, what art would I be able to, what would art would I be drawn to make if I had grown up in a country where you could be a puppet maker or a dancer or whatever? Like I'd probably be writing like a lot weirder shit. Mm, for sure. You know, my voice, you know, would have developed like less, I don't fucking know. Like, what if I had seen more plays as a kid? Like, you know, uh-huh. what if I, what if the puppet, what if the German hip hop had come to my school? Yes. You know what yeah. I mean? Or what if exactly. as a 10 year old, you had seen Mamet? Have you seen Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? And, yeah. and you're a 10 year old school screaming about always, always sell puppets. Exactly. My family was all Seinfeld all Simpsons all the time. And that is the woman you see in front of you today. <laughs> really? Yeah. Big, big. My dad was a big, com- is a big comedy fan. And now he watches all the shows that I don't even know exist. Like he's like, like, and that, you know, those shows that you don't know exist. And then they're like the number one comedy on cable. You know, <laughs> like, you know, what's so good. Like Kit love cat. <laughs> So witty. That's his highest compliment. It's so witty. You got to watch Kit Love Cat. And then I'm watching Kit Love Cat at home. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's got jokes. It's, it's got Wait, jokes. Sudi, how did your your corn-fed Midwestern German-descended dad meet an Iranian immigrant and fall in love? In it's Delaware. A, it's a beautiful story. Um, they did not meet in Delaware. Well, my family is not from Delaware. We just like ended up there because my dad got a job at University of Delaware. But um, my dad went to Syracuse and he was an international relations major. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And he had not traveled internationally. <laughs> Cool, 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 cool. Being kind of this German corn-fed boy. And so uh, he was like, uh, let me live in international housing so I can be, you know, with the people. And, and, <laughs> and um, yeah, and then he like, and then they met kind of my dad's roommate, I think introduced him to my mom and her roommate. And then my mom was like a senior. My dad, I think, was like a sophomore. And she was about to leave and kind of didn't know where she was going to go because she couldn't go back to Iran. And she was like, yeah, I'll hang out with this boy. (laughs) This rube. 
<laughs> she was like, I don't care. I'm leaving in like literally like three months. And then like she ended up going down to Florida to like live with a family member. And he like just kind of kept calling her and they kept wow. hanging out. And she was like, wow. oh, okay. So I guess they've been together thing. ever since, like since college. Yeah, yeah since wow. college. So like, do they love each other now? Would you say you grew up in a home that showed you what love was between a man and a woman? <laughs> yeah, overall, I would say yes. My parents weren't the kind of parents who didn't fight, though. They fought yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot, like normal people. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, they fought. <laughs> but, you know, they're together. <laughs> yeah. well, so- wait, what does that mean? Hold on. Does that mean <laughs> they fought other together uh, despite the fighting or are they f- just, you know, that normal, sh- I think it's pretty normal. Like shit would just come to a boiling point, probably just from all of us. Like the kids, my mom was the, you know, she did a lot. She did so much for us. She did everything. And she would just hit a boiling point and just scream. And then my dad, like normally just kind of like takes it. And then, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you kind of got to sit there. You got to write it out. Uh, and it's a lot. But also, like, she has a point, but also, like, not always. And uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and yeah, and I, and, and I think that they went to couples therapy for, like, three sessions. And they came out of it. And my dad started doing the dishes. And my mom stopped doing his laundry. Like that's what came out of couples therapy. And also I think like all of us started doing our laundry because we were like in high school. Yeah. And so like, that was like, I think she was just doing too much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um, but they are in love. They are in love. Like, I, I mean, I think it's nice to see a relationship that definitely does have conflict at times, mm-hmm. um, but is like extremely loyal to each other. And I don't think that they've like ever, I mean, at least I don't think like ever flirted with like not being together. Mm-hmm. Like they've just been through so much together and like they're together. They're, yeah. they're together. They're yeah. a unit. That's amazing. So now how does that make you feel about relationships? Are you somebody who's like, I want to be married? Or you're like, let a bitch fly free. Um, I'm definitely ready to rest my bones for sure. <laughs> I feel like I've had a lot of boyfriends. I've had like a lot of relationships. I feel like I've had like every experience under the sun. And I don't know. I feel like I have a lot of love to give. And um, I'm ready to, I don't know, build something. And I know I'm, I'm, I have baby fever so really? bad. Whoa. And I just, like know Why? that I America's dying. Sue, Sue, hold on, hold on. Dystopia is a <laughs> <laughs> I've been yelling this ever since I, 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 uh, my fever dissipated. <laughs> I had a night of anxiety where I was just like, oh, the world's gone. The old world is dead. Celebrate the new dark age. And in the new dark age, <laughs> we're not having kids. So explain, please, please explain to me. I agree. But selfishly, I kind of just feel like if I, while I'm on this hot burning earth, <laughs> If I don't have a little baby, I'm going to be so sad. I'm going to regret it for the rest of my oh, life. I know that. Oh, no. And because I just like, I love ca- like that thing that I'm not a big animal person. Like I, I can appreciate a dog, but like that thing that people yes, feel yes, yes. when they see a dog, I feel that when I see yeah. a baby and my entire like Instagram algorithm is like 
Just babies being cute. <laughs> That's all I like. And it makes me happy. And I know also that it's like not like that all the time. Obviously, it was very hard. But I just feel like my experience as like a human mm-hmm. on this earth, I want mm-hmm. it. I want it. And I also feel like maybe they'll figure it out. <laughs> and maybe like maybe some like, I don't know, like maybe they'll shoot stuff into the air that helps. <laughs> And maybe, maybe and and maybe um maybe I'll give birth to a little perfect little perfect person that'll make this world a better place. Like yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So you think you're going to give birth to like a, a messiah type character? Well, she, she's just that hoping. Will... She's not saying it's going to definitely happen. Sure, I think sure, sure, she's sure. like we can hope that maybe the one I pop out fixes things. Sure. Isn't that the hope of well, all parents? I don't really want that because I really kind of actually I don't I don't know. I'm big into like, I think this is my in, in like to everything you're saying of like, we are in the dark times. I think I'm like compartmentalizing in a way that's like, maybe not great, but I like, um, I like label it with like, think locally. Like what's my zone, you know, like what can I do in my little zone? Mm -hmm. That's like good. And like contributing and not taking away. Like, what can I do in my little zone? That is, um, making the world a better place, whatever. I stopped using paper towels, like that kind of thing. (laughs) And, um, and also vote, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and so then I think like, Ooh, maybe I'll just make like a little organic farmer. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. When, or like, uh, when yeah. did the baby fever descend upon you? You know, I grew up with a mom who always said I always wanted to be a mom okay. and I always, and I think that my family is a very strong maternal instinct, like in kind of like a cool, like feminist way. Not in like a pressure way, but my family just like values children. I think it's just like a cultural thing. Like if there's a baby at a restaurant, we're all talking about the baby. Like, <laughs> I have a niece who's like, you know, the light of everybody's life. And um, and I think that I always knew that I wanted to be a mom, especially when you hear people who know that they don't want mm-hmm. that, um, which I think is like awesome. I always, when I would hear people be like, oh, I really don't want kids. I'd be like, oh, I think I actually really do. Like, it's like affirming to like, kind of know about that conversation, sort of know like, oh, it's like nice that I know where I stand. Um, But like lately, like the turning, I mean, like I turned 30 over like lockdown. I will see a woman pushing a stroller and cry. (laughs) depending on the day of my cycle. Oh, 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 no. I saw the other day in Atwater Village, two women with babies meet up. They kind of knew each other. The babies kind of said hi. And it was like, oh, this is Matthew. Oh, Ashley, say hi to Matthew. Oh, how are you guys? And I was like, nothing in this world do I want more than just that little thing. <laughs> Oh my goodness, that is hysterical. But that's like two days before my period. Uh, well, sure, 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 sure. Your body's like, we gotta hurry up and make one. We gotta do something with this egg. Yeah. So wait, have you have you been looking since you were a kid? Then looking for a partner that can be a parent. Well, like this is the thing is that I should have now that I sit here, I should have locked down some good men that came across my way early in my life. But I was too much like my sister and I were talking about this the other day. Like we were raised like too feminist almost not really, but like it was that generation of like, don't do anything for a man. 
where that wasn't like a given, like now I feel like it's like, yeah, duh, I would never even think to do that. But it's like when you're like young and in the nineties, it's like, don't be boy crazy, like blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, live for yourself, live for yourself. And it's like, I really could have stuck it out and made things work. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, cause now I'm like, um, Yes, I should have. I should have. I should have been thinking more. No, this you should way. not have. You were right. No, 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 you, were, you were right. You were the right mentality for being like eight. <laughs> also for being twenty. I mean, my God. Like, I guess I. But it is. But I know what you mean, Andy. Because this is a question of like, were you the kind of person who every person you dated, you had to feel like they could be your husband or they could be. You know what I mean? Or you know what I mean? Because some people are like yeah. that, and other people feel like. I'll just get to know this person or the journey is the fun part. And other mm-hmm. people date with like a laser focus. I yeah. think I was that way in my twenties. And now I feel like it's hard to strike that balance because you don't want to be like, now that I'm in my early thirties and like, whatever, 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 <laughs> you know, time's a ticking. You got to meet somebody and then it takes time. And then you got to do the thing. Um, <laughs> that sounded like and a it's Cosby hard not to do math. You got to do the thing to meet the jello the, the pills in the pudding <laughs> um and uh so i think now it's like kind of like you have to resist going into a date and like having a checklist yeah. because that a sucks all the fun out of it and b is like that person's like a human being in and of themselves now i feel like if i'm dating somebody like right now I'm seeing somebody and it's like very early, but I do like them. And I'm like, okay, but I do need at some point to have a conversation that is like, do we want the same right. things? Right, right, right. Because so- I know that I'm at the point where I'm like, if I'm dating somebody today now, who's like, I never want to settle down and I never want to have a baby, then that person is not my right. person. Right, right, right. But it's not like, hi, I'm so, according to the calendar, like, <laughs> right, 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 right. engaged by this uh, day. Right. And we're not be bringing a 23 and me to the first date and being like, <laughs> what are we working with here? I thought it was going to be like, are you ready to inseminate me in November 2023 is really the question. We know you just asked that person. They're like, um, I don't even know what I want to order. So if we could not go there. But and you're like, what about November 2024? Exactly. Like, what about November 2024 flexible. and the nachos? And the, exactly. I will make these decisions for you. <laughs> just, but were you um, at NYU? Were you a wild child i say that because <laughs> i feel like i always see the stories you know through matt and bowen and a lot of people i know who went to nyu where of course downtown manhattan is your playground at a very young age and so people always have the stories of like we were doing this and we were so crazy so i mean like i don't think that i was i don't know like i like to get fucked up i guess but like <laughs> that's always been a part of my story but um <laughs> Like I was so I was like such a comedy nerd that I was always getting like wasted with other comedians. Like I was always it was like the sketch groups like having a rager after our show or like, you know, like hanging around with UCB people. And it's like we're getting fucked up like in a basement somewhere, you know, in Chelsea. Like I feel like that was more my early um, partying It wasn't bottle Times, service. But it wasn't like, bottle service. It wasn't bottle or service and cocaine and West yeah. Village bar. There definitely was that like group of like theater kids 
that were just like so attractive and like would spend all their parents were paying like $60,000 a year or a semester (laughs) for them to like roll around on the floor and like basically dry hump. And then like on the weekends, it'd be like, we're going in this loft and we're doing cocaine and we're all wearing like a black (laughs) V-neck and then it's like pillows on the ground. Let's all fuck. But I wasn't invited to that vibe. (laughs) Because once again, like, I only figured it out like two years ago. So. Do you wish you had been part of the cocaine sex parties? That seems gross to me. Um, I think back then I would have been intimidated and not known what yeah. to do. I would have had to be blackout to like even feel like I could do that. Uh-huh. Like, I think in theory I wasn't against it, but it was like, that's. That's not me. I spent all of college um, with like eyeliner, like two inches down <laughs> under my eyes. Like, like I like player? nobody told me. No, but yeah, nobody told me about eye makeup remover. What? And so I was just kind of like using like a wet Q-tip <laughs> under. And so all the pictures of me from oh, no. college are like, first of all, my old teeth. Second of all, like couldn't afford to get a haircut. And so like the curls are kind of like rough. <laughs> Um, tits always out like a, like a, like a, like a barmaid <laughs> from like, medieval times. Cause I was like, this is what I got. And so I was big into cleavage and yeah, like, um, yeah, like football player eyeliner, <laughs> but I was funny, you were funny. But I was funny and I fucked hello other funny people. So there it is. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Is that what you looked like when you went in for your meeting with Lauren? <laughs> yeah, Two inches I was down. like, "Let me wear, um, let me have two inches uh, down the eyes and like ten inches from my <laughs> collarbone to my <laughs> the end of my shirt." Oh my goodness, well, um, Andy, do you feel like you're ready to answer some questions, or do you yeah. want to ask Sudi about how she feels about therapy? Well, I want to ask, like, what was your like longest term relationship before? Before we get into the questions, Did, have you had like a long term relationship or is it? I was with, yeah, I was with somebody for three okay. years. Oh, that's a long chunk of time. You're only 15. That's yeah. A while. Yeah. I know. Crazy. A I'm a big boyfriend girl. Okay. I had a lot of boyfriends. Yeah. Kind of just boyfriend and boyfriend. And, and go ahead. The one that got away. No, <laughs> I'm sitting. I know. So I love it. it. I love it. No, I don't know. I mean, like, it is kind of that that person. I feel like is definitely the person where I'm like. I think if I think that it would the time I was in my life, I couldn't. Um, I think that there were so many beautiful things that we had in common, but things kind of got to a point, and I didn't have like the life skills to sort of get through Mm -hmm. them. And also I feel like even as I say that, like I'm putting a lot of pressure on myself and it takes two to Mm -hmm. tango, but it's almost like, no, I think like afterwards I, that was almost like a relationship that started when I was 25 and then ended when I was 28, when I was kind of entering, I just was like wanted different Mm -hmm. things. And I feel like I maybe, sometimes I think like maybe I could have stayed or we could have stayed and worked through it, but I was kind of in a place of like, let me scrap this and move mm-hmm. on. And well, that's it wasn't like that. It wasn't like let me scrap this. No, I know what you're it's saying. Like no, no, and, no. And long-winded, <laughs> but like, um, and 
I think that is the reason why I like kind of look back on the way things ended with regret, because I feel like after that, in the years after that, I did like a lot of soul searching and kind of like started to break certain patterns that I had. And now I'm like, oh, I would have had the skills to communicate through that situation now. Right. But also, again, not all on me, like, you know, like up to me to fix. No, that shouldn't be the case either. But it's interesting, um, though, when we talk about like um, sticking something out or working through it and I, you know, versus cutting your losses, I guess, as as they would say, uh, they you know what I mean, is that I feel like what's interesting is that like one's willingness it's so, I know for me, especially in the early days of me and Andy dating and before Andy and I even got together, there was always this question of, is my willingness to work through this coming from a pure place of, I love this person and want it to, and want this relationship to be, you know, the best it can be? Or is it coming from my fear that no one will ever love me? So I am going right. to try to make this thing work, you mm. know? And so yeah. it's really interesting sometimes because I, and, because I think I've always associated the ability to leave with confidence and staying with weakness, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. I certainly know that that's not what it is all the time by any means. Yeah. But certainly when I was younger, it was, I was trying to make stuff work. Because also, like, I didn't really know, like, right? Because this issue of, well, is this enough? I really don't mm-hmm. think you know if stuff is enough until you've had enough experience yeah and i don't mean yeah. dating 100 people but just like the length of time what it is to go through bad shit with somebody you know like their own your own like mm-hmm. you only your learn dog's by own. your dog's own how will this hand this person handle dog chemo okay that's what i want to know but you don't know until you're in it and you don't even know what you need that other person to be like until you're in it exactly you learn so much through relationships but it can be hard if you find somebody special and you i mean i always think about that like in worst person in the world. Did you guys see that? No. Um, that, well, whatever. Uh, it'll make you cry. And um, like, there's this point where this woman is breaking up with this. Okay. There's a weed whacker right outside my door. It's on this Saturday. Saturday. And I'm about to make a point about love (laughs) on this Saturday. Rude. Well, if it's so loud, we can always use. Can you hear it? Yes, we can hear you through this. So it's I can't hear the weed whacker. Okay, good. Okay. Well, anyway, so this woman is breaking up with this old man and he's like, you don't know how rare this is. Like the. (laughs) (laughs) I heard it for a second. I heard it for a second. But Sudi's face is as loud. If Sudi's expression is loud. Who is doing this on a Saturday? I know. Sick. It's sick. It's. It's, it's really it's the fun. new it's, dark age. No rules anymore. No one cares. And and here I am. And here I am being vulnerable I, on I the know. pod. Getting not glazing over. I'm going You're in. Honest. I'm saying I have a Wait, Is it your I'm is saying it your instinct not to? Is it your instinct to like to like deflect with a joke as opposed to like. Oh, big time. Big time. And also, I never know, like on a podcast, like how how personal I always feel like how personal how real, how rough, how mm-hmm. raw do mm-hmm. I go? Because sometimes I'll overexpose and then feel later a little bit. But I feel right now very comfortable. Good, 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 good. We like to create <laughs> a safe space. And certainly if you've listened to the pod, you know this is just a judgment-free yeah. zone, except for towards each other, me and Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so it's fine. But our but judgments are always are always surrounded by a cushion of love. That's true. That's true. Aww. But 
let's go back though to what you're saying about love okay so the old, the woman is gonna break up with a guy and then he's like you don't know how rare oh, yeah this is. and he's like you don't know how rare this is like people don't speak to each other the way that we speak to each other they don't have the conversations that we have and i do relate to that but i also feel like there can be a lot of people that you share that like soul connection with yeah. um i don't believe in like one person for one person but i feel like um you know since that big relationship, I've had other relationships and I feel like the thing that I recognize in those relationships when I'm, cause I date, a, I mean, I date a lot and I'm like, what, when do I want to like really move forward and invest in somebody? It is that big for me is shared language. Mm-hmm. Like my friend Mo always says, you need to date that person that you're at the party and you make eye contact, you make eye contact at the same time Yeah, because you both are like, your receptors are turned on to the same things. Like that was weird. That was crazy. That was funny. I love that. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And not everything in common, but like, you know, when you're hanging out with like a friend of a friend and you kind of have to like turn to them and explain what you meant. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's why I hate it. That can't be, that can't be, you know, that can't be. Oh, about how you can't bring your man to brunch. You mean Andy? Well, yeah, same, same kind of <laughs> thing. But the same right? idea, exactly. It's like, I can't, I can't, absolutely. But, I, but it's interesting because I, I definitely agree with you. But sometimes I do wonder, Andy and I do have a shared language now and we do have those moments, but we've been together 13 years. And I'm trying to think if mm-hmm. we had those moments we in the 100%. first year. We a hundred percent had the look. This is the thing that I, we that, that like look at, at what something's crazy. We shared that from like, I don't know when, but like yeah. very early on. Okay. We both okay, had that. And I think that is, again, I think it's the chemistry that is like buoyed us through like maybe some rougher patches. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it is, you need somebody, but, but I will say like, there's also this time, you know, we have these moments and earlier there would be these, for lack of a better term, cultural differences where it's like Andy would think I was mad when I wasn't. And I was like, no, I'm a black lady mm-hmm. and I'm a comedian and I'm going to be talking loud. Okay. I'm talking loud. <laughs> I'm not mad. You need to get on board. And like, it took me, a, it took us a while to suss that yeah. out. And I think you have to talk through those. Things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I came from a family that was loud, but also like mostly quiet and conflict free because we were always like, well, we got to be quiet if the Nazis come <laughs> and we're hiding under the floorboards. <laughs> so it's we were insane. taught to be like very like, you know, <laughs> low. I know. So <laughs> de- delicate and waspy. So delicate and waspy. Sudi, have you ever thought about looking this gentleman up? Oh, wait. Oh, uh, literally all the time I had a psychic tell me to stop looking. <laughs> oh. Because she was like, there's an energy cord. Um, there is an energy cord. I mean, he is in the ether. We have a lot of mutual friends. I I mean, like maybe somebody's listening to this is going to tell him that I talked about him. <laughs> Put the context clues together. He texted me the other day. So y'all are pals. We're pals, but it's painful. Yeah. Oh, painful. It's painful for yeah. me. But now it's been a while. Now it's been like four right. years. Right, right, right. So it's, but it's still painful for Ooh, me. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's. The, re- the pal, the reach outs, the reach outs are painful because then I got a deep dive and be like, okay, well, he's still with her and they are. Oh, and I no. got to keep I got it. My my psychic was like, D- spirit doesn't like unfinished business like that. She told me that relationship is done, done, done. Wow. wow. She said, don't go back there. Wow. honey. It's done, done, done. Wow. Look forward. Wow. And I am. And I am. And I've had like whoop, I've had like serious things since right, then. Right, right, right. 
Now, but do you respond when you get the text? Will you respond? Or do you just... Yes. <laughs> yes, I'll respond. And I'll think about what I say. And I'm like, well, what's like a little bit cracking and opening, but also is like friendly because I don't want to be like disrespectful yeah. of like a relationship. <sighs> but also like, where is this coming from? And this text was a note that I had written him that he had found and sent me a picture of the note. And the note was was a okay. bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like a yeah, love yeah. note. It was a bitty mm-hmm. note, but it was still sweet and right. cute. And from a time. Right. And I was like, why are you sending this note? And then I had to do my little deep dive. And then I had to text a couple people. And they were like, no, it's still together. And I was like, respectful, respectful, uh-huh. respectful. Because if I had... And I know this in my heart of hearts. If I had this information that somebody was available, it would be like, don't get on that plane. Uh Like it would be like, say something I'm giving. (laughs) It would be like that. (laughs) But you can't, but also it's like, but you can't blow up somebody's life. And also it's like, I have had relationships since then. I have like had people that I'm excited about. Like, and also you look back on things with rose colored glasses and life sometimes just happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ain't mm-hmm. that the truth? But why? I was just about to say picture of a note. I was to say life happens, but texting doesn't just happen. Okay, you choose. What is that? To send the text. Okay, and also it's like you ain't cleaned up your house in four years. Why you still got this bit? Why you still got this note? Clean up your old papers. Okay. So you guys want to know something so dark and vulnerable? Yes. When I was moving from New York to LA, I had a box. That had all of the notes <gasps> that this person had written. See? Me. And some mementos, mm-hmm. some sea glass from Oh, trip. sea glass. <laughs> and I said, Am I giving these up? And I didn't. And I packed them back in the little box. And when he sent me the text, I whipped out the box and I looked through <laughs> it. But see, that's the difference though, because you. <laughs> <laughs> This week, you guys. This was like last Sunday. Oh my god! Oh my god! But I also like. But I also, I get that when you, you know, the psychic said done, done, done. But you know, when you were packing up that box, you weren't done, done, done. And so, like, I get having that box, and I get, you know, being eighty years old. Like for me, you know what it is? I just want a Titanic moment. I want a moment when I'm eighty-five and wrinkly, yes. and I'm like, "Look at this! It reminds me of a beautiful time." You know what I mean? So keeping that. But when you have an emotional tether, um, it's a little, it's a little dangerous. But I also feel like you can't be out here in a relationship for how many of years he been in this relationship with this one person, and then keeping little notes. Or texting those little notes. And text those little notes. He found it. He found it. I think the finding of it is innocent, but yeah, texting the note is a little like That's across the line to me. That is that mm. is to me, that's a flirt. Uh-huh. That is a uh-huh. like he's It might not be though. I don't know. I think from okay, but can I say what I think his perspective sure. is? Which I think that he feels very much rejected by mm. me. Which is hurtful. Like I think that he thinks that I rejected him because I didn't think that he was good enough for me. And so I feel like the reaching out, maybe this is a very generous interpretation, but I feel like 
from his perspective, when, when, when there's a reach out, maybe it's more like, I actually do want to be friends with this person Mm -hmm. or still have them in my life because I was the one who was like, took me out of his life. Does that make any sense? And I'm going to tell you why, (laughs) because if you, you can't make somebody be, Oh, okay. Wait, no, no. Before I say no, was there ever any conversation, you know, kind of on the other side of the initial rupture and drama and everything that came to that? Was there ever a moment where you were like, hey, I still like you or I have feelings? Mm, yeah. Yes. Okay. So this is what okay. happened. Okay. Wow. I'm being so And honest. I love you for okay. it. I need this. Okay. So we broke up. Part of why we broke up was because Insta- I was like going through a very busy time at SNL. I had like just been promoted and it was the last three weeks and Tina was hosting, Tina Fey was hosting, Amy Schumer was hosting. And I kind of felt this pressure being like newly, like a woman newly promoted. And I was like, I got to, f-. and also I was at a place where I was like, I really got to impress these mm. women. Like, you know, this could be like a career building moment for me. And in this moment, like we were had kind of broken up and then not broken up. And so I kind of did the thing where I was like, I really have to focus on work right now. Let's take mm-hmm. a break. So I was really focused on work, ended up not having good shows or writing good oh, sketches. Those no. weeks. Fuck. Um, and then AD Bryant bless who we bless. love and adore my goddess, my mm-hmm. angel. She had just gotten the first season of shrill. And she said to me, I get to bring one writer. I want you to come. The writer's room is in LA in like a couple of weeks when this, when SNL ends, will you come? And I was like, oh my God, like all this shit just felt like it was happening. And like, I'm almost like going to cry thinking about this. (laughs) It just felt like life was like telling me Mm -hmm. to go. And there was all these strong pulls and, I felt like I had to put this relationship away Mm. and just be done and like put it away and not have to deal with it so that I could focus on these other things. And so then I was in LA all summer. And so then we had this break, we came back. He had this conversation with me where he was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And I was like, I'm going to LA for the summer. And I just kind of felt like life was like taking me, Away but do this, him. do this, do this, meaning for your relationship or you just mean his own plans? Oh, yeah. For the relationship. Okay. Well, his own plans and was also for the uh-huh. relationship because something I was bringing up was I was like, where uh-huh, are you going? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Now he's gone somewhere amazing. I'm very mm-hmm. proud of him. Um, So I went to LA. I went to then at, when I thought I was going to come back to New York, got called to Portland to be on set when they were shooting Shrill first season. And then I came back and it was like, we hung out a couple times kind of like to still be friends. And the dynamic was very much like, I just come off of like this amazing summer for my career. My, I had had all these experiences. I felt like I was having like, you know, single suity yeah. summer and I like kind of started seeing somebody. So when we hung out those couple of times, I was like, no, I'm in a totally mm-hmm. different zone. Like I actually made the right decision. So then I started hooking up with this guy over the summer. It was very casual. Then we were both in New York for the fall. It, things got serious. And I started seeing this other guy. And there was this night where this guy asked me to be his girlfriend. 
And I said, yes. And then that night I couldn't sleep Mm. because I was like, this person, you know, is not, can't really hold a candle to. Uh And I was like, I didn't break up with him to be with, and again, both very sweet guys. Like I'm not like disparaging anybody, but it was just like, it was just like not the same. And I was like, I didn't do all of this for this. So at this point, me and this guy had broken up like in May and now it's like January. And so the guy asked me to be his girlfriend very shortly after I broke up with him. That was messy. That was bad. I didn't do it in a good way. Then I get drinks with, with the OG, with, with, with man, the OG, yeah, with yeah, OG yeah. man, with the OG man. And I did it in a bad way, I think. Well, I'm being hard on myself, but I was like, I've just been thinking and blah, blah, blah. And I basically said, I was like, I was, I'm dating this guy. And he told me he wanted to be my, you know, they want to be in a relationship. And I couldn't sleep because all night I was thinking about you. And like, then I eventually got it out. Like, I miss you. I want to be together. And he was like, I've been waiting for this for months, but I'm seeing somebody. And I went home and I cried, 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 called my sister, scream crying. And she was just like, yeah. Life happens. Life (laughs) happens. She said to me, she was like, she was like, I mean, my instinct is also to go to like right or wrong. Like I made a Mm -hmm. mistake. I was wrong. I like, should have yes, done yes, something yes. differently. And she was like, do I, I think my sister was like, do I think that you have like given up on like the love of your life? Like, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. And I had to just kind of believe that. Right. right. Well, how would you know? How would you know any of this at that original moment? Right. It's like the, uh, right. the internet turds, right? You're not, <laughs> you're not omniscient. Right. Yeah. So like you could only do the best you can in the moment as long as you're being honest in that moment and right and you were at a point where like everything like i imagine just like a normal week at snl is stressful and i was just about to say right let alone like one where you're like trying to impress everyone and then suddenly afterwards you know you're like oh also i was so young i was just about to say i I know it's a lot to put through but also not just that like snl but then also just this business in general you know and you got into it pretty early now that i realize how young you are like i think sometimes the only thing that helps me and i still struggle a lot is that you know i didn't really start my first writing job was at 30 so it's like mm. I had time in other jobs and knew what it was to be around people. And I still felt, and I've been doing stand-up for years, and yet I still felt mm. that pressure of who am I? Am I proving myself? Am I enough? You know, where do I stack up? And when you have that constantly going on and also the emotional toll it takes to be in a room with people uh, 8 to 16 hours a day, depending on how fucking unlucky you are, and to keep go, mm-hmm. go, going, right? Like showing up and joking and open and okay, I'm listening and I'll take that note. And nah, nah, nah. Y- you have so much it's- of that that when you get home, there's not a lot left for whoever's at home. Because Andy and I have mm-hmm. gone through that shit. Like when we first moved to LA and I was working and he wasn't in a room and I would come home and it was like, I had nothing left to give. And I'm sure if we had been together less time, if we hadn't like moved cross country for each other, I don't know if we could have gone through it. Right. And so, yeah, you made a choice that was the choice you needed to make at the time in terms of what the work required of you and maybe still does, but certainly, you know, in those early years where you're like, 
it's a lot for me to just suit up and show up for these things. I can't also Mm -hmm. nurture you and us when I'm trying to nurture Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. You did what you had to do in that moment. And then, and you know, okay, six months later, you ended up feeling some things you didn't know you were going to feel. Yeah, big, big time. And I also think like, that has just been so much like a part of my journey, like the last couple of years, like when I talk about like, now I know things about myself or I've worked through things that I feel like a big thing was that dynamic of like putting everything into that, everything you're describing, because what else are you going to do? Like you have to, you have to, because it's not, it's not, it's not nothing you want to take for granted when you have those opportunities mm-hmm. and it's not a done right. deal. And I feel like I feel very lucky that actually like, you know, those fucking rough, 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 give it everything you got years a little bit are behind mm-hmm. me. Like those prove your, I feel like my prove myself years are behind God. me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, now it's like, okay, get on board. You know what I mean? And I think that's also like a mentality yeah. too, which is good, but it's like, I am a lot easier to date now right. because I feel that right. way. Right. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. how Lauren stays so spry? Is he stealing all of these 20 year olds life forces? <laughs> 100% like a dementor. <laughs> like, <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, but you I got to all... meet Paul McCartney and uh, and uh, Paul Simon, right? I did. <laughs> I didn't meet them. I saw them. You saw them from afar. I didn't meet them. Oh my God! I saw three, them a couple of three times. Three petite pale kings is what I imagined when you said those three names. I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. Do you want to take a quick break and answer a question or two? Do you have time? Oh yeah, I'm here. God. I like really talk about the therapy and couples therapy. I really went there in a way that I did not. I was in the car coming home and I was like, oh my God, I have so many like fun dating stories lately that I'm going to like pepper in there. And girl, we went, we went deep into (laughs) the past and we opened some wounds. That's what we do here. But yes, I would love to answer some questions. (laughs) Feel free after the break. If you want to keep it, you want to pepper in one or two after the break. (laughs) I've talked enough. (laughs) All right, Uh, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back after this. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Dear listeners, Andy here doing the ad read again, and today we're talking about me undies. As the male half of couples therapy, I was asked to do this one because we're talking about boxers, which, and I hope I'm not breaking any confidences, Naomi does not wear. Now, if you're a podcast listener like me, you've heard plenty of ads for me undies, and frankly, I'd always thought it's underwear. How special can it be? And then I tried them, and friends, it is like wearing magic. It is like wearing a dream. It is so soft, there is nothing earthly I can compare it to. I am embarrassed, 
absolutely embarrassed to say I'm middle-aged and just finding this out, but the material your underwear is made out of really does make a difference. I won't say where I usually get my boxers from, but for comparison, MeUndies are like wearing a cloud covered in angel's feathers, and the other ones I wear are like wearing a bear trap smothered in puke. MeUndies got style for everyone, from all black classics to fun expressive prints in sizes extra small to 4XL. And they use sustainably sourced materials and work with partners that actually care for their workers. Also, I gotta point this out, there is a particular technology that the folks at MeUndies would like me to discuss. Now, you know Naomi is sex negative and I am sex neutral, so I didn't want to have to say what this technology is, so I asked friend of the show, friend in real life, Mort Burke, to say the phrase. So, okay, here it goes. For any listeners with penises and testicles, I can say medical words, I can say medical words, you might be interested in me undies sophisticated contoured pouch and ball caddy. What's that again, Mort? They're incredibly comfortable contoured pouch and ball caddy. Wonderful. Thanks, buddy. Okay, soft underwear comes in all packages at MeUndies. So to get 20% off your first order plus free shipping, go to MeUndies.com slash therapy. That's MeUndies.com slash therapy for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Can we take a minute and talk about Skims? Now, you know I'm a recent Skims convert, having tried their underwear in the last few months, and I am now living lifted, supported, changed. So I decided to keep trying new stuff. And let me tell you, Skims basics and foundations are where it's at. Yes, I recently got the soft, smoothing, seamless t-shirt. And y'all, it is so comfortable. It's been the perfect layer for me. I'm rocking it under a cardigan or a sweater when I want to keep it fitted and fabulous and not look all bulky. I mean, y'all know I'm back to work. Hashtag blessings. And I'm definitely that girl who is always cold in the office, okay? I need my layers, but I'm still trying to look put together. And the soft, smoothing, seamless shirt is helping me get it right. And I also got the boyfriend t-shirt in Heather Gray. And it is so friggin' soft and comfortable. And it's giving casual but intentional when I wear it with a pair of jeans. I'm feeling very good in it. So if you want to give these and other basics a try, shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes extra, extra small through 4X. Thank you for the range, Skims. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims.com. Go check out everything they've got and the new t-shirt shop. Okay, you guys, that was pretty good considering Andy and I are in two separate locations, okay? Yes, we're... Not only did Sudi go to depths she didn't know she would go to, but you're also in an iconic episode where Andy and I are not in the same place, which I believe is the first time in the history of couples therapy. Yes, it's the end of my quarantining. I, yeah. I touched a negative for the first time today, but... <laughs> I feel that what's inspiring to me is the connection that is happening. Even though I'm looking at two Zoom boxes, it feels as if I'm looking at one. <laughs> wow. And that's that soul connection. Wow. Wow. When two Zoom boxes become one. Like what sounds like girls. a Jewish holiday. Two Zoom box. <laughs> I planted a tree for two Zoom box. Oh, my Lord. Planted a tree. I know. Every fake holiday is like, yeah, I planted a tree. You don't know how many Jewish holidays, and that's not just Tu B'Shvat. There are so many Jewish holidays where it's like, plant a tree, maybe. (laughs) 
really? Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of half of the I saw a chart today online. Literally half of all Jewish holidays are about someone trying to murder us and us surviving. That's half, half. Sure. And then a bunch of them are also like and plant a tree. (laughs) That's nice. Iranian holidays are like that too. Like a lot of Iranian holidays are like to do something with this grass. Yeah, you, you grow it or you tie it up or you put it in a river, but it's very, you gotta, there's a little plant you gotta do something <laughs> with. Put it in a river. Just take a that little bit. That is true. That's real. What do you do? For what holiday? I mean, for for no, for no the new year, for no ruse, you're supposed to grow this thing called sebze, which is like mm-hmm. herb sprouts, and you grow it at the beginning. And then at the last day of no ruse, which is like, oh, fuck, I'm blinking on the name. Wow, I'm no, bad. No, okay. Um, uh, 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 anyway, you go on a picnic and you're supposed to go on a picnic by a river and throw the herbs into the river. Okay, that's kind of fun, <laughs> though. I like how it gives you a task and it's like a fun activity. It's like, have a fun afternoon. Yeah, it's like the end of it and it's big picnic Ooh, vibes. I, like picnic I love big vibes. picnic vibes. I wish yeah. at least one Jewish holiday had a picnic involved. <laughs> well, they're apples and honey. I don't know. Andy, give us some questions. Give us some <laughs> All right. Questions. All right, we get questions from all over the world through many different devices. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, voicemail. This first one comes to us is actually a voicemail someone Gmailed us. Okay, Andy, you're getting back. You're going to get back. You're going to get back. You're still recovering from COVID. And when you're, when you're back, when those words uh, come to you, these hoes better watch out. But it these came to us. Me. It came to us saying, uh, this is coming up very soon. There's a time limit. So I thought, oh, okay. all right, let's... Okay, we got to do it. We got to do it. Let's do this. All right. Hi, Andy and Naomi, Squee and Prembly and Mabel. I hope everybody's doing great. Um, hello, guest. Um, I go by the online pseudonym Emily Dickinson, and I've been a fan of the pod for quite a while now. I think you guys are great. I appreciate all the work that you put into the Patreon um, and the podcast, and I'm so happy to be part of the crew. Um, Okay, so I will get right to it. Um, My lease is up in February. I live in Washington State. I plan to go to grad school starting next fall in the Portland, Oregon area. And I'm working at a job that I want to leave, but I'm strategically trying to plan when that will happen because even though it's annoying, I can bring my dog to work, I get paid decently, and people leave me alone for the most part. So anyway, um, I'm in this spot where I just do not want to pay these rent prices anymore. I'm really struggling with being able to save anything because the Pacific Northwest is so expensive. Um, So I'm to the point where I'm pretty desperate. I, I need to get out of this um, tiny little, uh, Trump town that I live in and I need to move to the Portland area for grad school. The issue is, is that I just don't want to pay these Portland rent prices. I don't know a lot of people because of COVID. I've had really, really horrible roommate situations several times in my life. And I'm just, I'm 34. I'm a single woman with two cats and a little dog, like, um, same pets that you guys have. Anyway, I just really need to have some hope in this world and know that I can save some money to do um, what I love and um, go back to grad school. And I can't do that if I'm paying these rent prices. 
Okay, so I could live in a van, like finance a really nice like uh, cargo van situation. Um, the problem is my animals. I'm just terrified about having two animals with me. I feel like I'd kind of have to tailor like my job and my school and everything around the van, and it'd be an issue probably finding somewhere to park it. The other thing is, is that I'm a wild, avid gardener, and I have a lot of depression, anxiety, and PTSD from a pretty hard childhood, and I need to garden in order to be sane. And part of that includes being a landscape designer and loving to grow my own crops and, um, and ornamental flowers, but also involves uh, me having over 200 varieties of houseplants. <laughs> so I can't put those in a nope. van. So um, I'd just love to hear what anyone has to say um, about how to make this work, where to find land. Okay, thanks, you guys. Bye. All right. We're basically going to fix this person's life, I believe, because this is wow. this feels like a page one rewrite. But I'm also kind of confused. So what's happening? Are they basically saying they want to go to Portland now and get there early? Because that's what well, I'm they with need the job to go thing, at some point for grad school. So for grad school, right. So Which they're is going to grad school soon. next early next year uh-huh. and have to move there. Okay, the lease is up. I'm, I don't think that was part of the question. I think that was just background. Well, that's what I was trying to understand, how the background was like fitting in. You know what I mean? Because I was like, okay, are you trying to leave? Yes. Or you're basically saying like, where can I go right now? I think both. I think, I think they want to get out of their Trump town. Right, and get to Portland early, but these Portland prices are too high. The rent is too high. Well, I'll say this. Let me, let me just throw this out there. The Fed is purposely causing a recession. So that's that might tough. make rent prices a little bit easier to swallow. That's the only thing I, that's the well, only. Oh, that was, I was like, I was waiting for something else. I was waiting for something else. More no, it's all fucked up, but, I mean, but it is caught. They, they are purposely trying to cause a recession, which is fucked up, but also might, you know, benefit this person. This one person. Sudi. Well, I kind of feel like. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of needs, which we all have mm-hmm. needs. But I would say to this person, think about what is one thing that you're willing to compromise on? Because I will say, having spent some time in Portland, and maybe this person has too, it is a very green city. There are lots of beautiful parks. Like if you need that green mm-hmm. time, that nature time, there's maybe community. I'm sure there's a ton of community gardens. You know what I mean? Like maybe the nature aspect the gardening aspect doesn't need to be the mm-hmm, home mm-hmm. good call you know yeah. what i mean because i feel like i don't know if they're already in the pacific northwest but i think in the pacific northwest i think hikers gardens they love that <laughs> shit and to a to a to a point that annoys me so maybe that doesn't have to be the home right. also i will say that people in portland are cool and nice and maybe if you've had roommate problems in your trump town that could be maybe portland people are more your mm-hmm. vibe because I feel like it's just kind of like a cool, I mean, obviously there are assholes everywhere, but in general, it's just kind of like a cool, cool hippie town. Yeah. And uh, um, I don't know why, but I think like when I was l- looking to live in uh, an Airbnb in Portland, when I worked there for a little bit, I saw a lot of like people with like trailers that they were like renting mm. out on like their property like that could be cool because you could have if i mean i know this is like maybe finding a needle in a haystack but if you could find somebody that has like a nice trailer in their yard or something 
that could be a good compromise of the van. That's what I was thinking. The moment she she was even saying like she would consider a cargo van, I was like, um, a guest house, a back house, a tiny house, a place. Yes. But you know, that's one of those things where it's going to become a lot of times when people are looking for apartments, they're like they're like Zillow, Trulia, Redfin. You gotta like go on some Facebook local message boards. You got to go on the Craigslist. Mm-hmm. You know, people who are older, who aren't like career landlords, that's where they're going to post their stuff. And what you are looking for is that kind of thing. Cause I thought the same thing. I was like, cause if, if, if you had a situation where like you shared a yard with somebody, <laughs> then you mm-hmm. get to do your planting. You have your greens. The dog can go out. Um, but you don't have to worry about like moving it the way you'd have to move a van. But if you're willing to right. already size down to a van, because it doesn't sound like mm-hmm. for you, other than the plants, the size is not what turns you off. Then mm-hmm. getting something small, and I mean, Lord knows, honey, they got to have some tiny houses in Portland. <laughs> I mean, Portland is a place for tiny houses. Yeah. And those rents are always a lot cheaper. And I wonder if, given that you are going to start grad school, you know, you ain't the only person coming there for school at that time out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, if they don't have a damn listserv for this shit, okay? Because you're not the only one. And maybe there's a World War II. The other, another thing I thought is, oh, you know, ask the other grad what, students. That's what I'm talking about. Like, you reach out and it's like, you want to get a house for three people? You know, each person gets their own bed. It's like, hey, especially, you know, if you're the one doing the thing, you're like, I've got two cats and a dog. If you would like to join this party, your rent will be 1200 each. You know what I mean? And you find something mm. and maybe it's a little farther out from campus or, you know, Obviously, yes, there will be some compromise there, but I think it can be done if either you're willing to go smaller, you know, have a landlord that's 85 years old and you may have to shovel their sidewalk, um, or you are willing to get a group. And in a way, maybe other grad students, y'all don't have to be best friends, but it would be good because you would probably be on similar schedules. Like people who know, oh, it's finals time. We're all going to buckle down. Right. Like, like, hey, could you not be up until two in the morning with your music blasting? You know, you want people who get... Mm -hmm the situation oh or if there is like an elderly person that like lets you stay at their place you can always tie them up start cashing their social Mm. security checks Mm -hmm. okay okay right you could start scamming or doing crime like like why are we (laughs) not advising people to do crime (laughs) right the new dark age we are we are inhabitants of the new dark age we we have to adapt somehow (laughs) In situations like this, though, when I have like a logistical nonsense, like, oh, I want to do this, but what if I do this? It helps me to think about what my priorities Mm -hmm. are and what I'm flexible on. Like, I would, my priority would be to not resort to crime. Uh You know? And so it's like, is my priority living alone? Is my priority, uh, like, you know, rent being super cheap? Is my priority. You know yep. what I mean? To me, I'm thinking that the plants, right. that might have to be the thing that you mm. downsize on and give those plants to a good home. Yeah. I had to get rid of all my plants when I moved from New York and I gave them to friends and it makes me happy to know that they are with people. Right. right. It's nice. But, you can, but she can still get the outside and the grass and the, like, the kind of working in the dirt that it makes them feel good without like yeah being like okay this is me my three animals and my 200 plants no babe because i'm gonna tell you this too when it comes to looking for apartments those animals are also going to make a lot of decisions for you meaning a lot of places will not Mm. take them so you're gonna Mm -hmm. have to look at that first it almost kind of goes what places will take the animals because you said two animals i don't know if maybe you're leaving the dog or you're two cats and a dog or something 
No, no, I know. But then later, Emily Dickinson was like, can I be an, I'm worried about having two animals in the van. And I didn't know if that was a downsize or two of the animals are going to be stressed out in the van. I think I the know. cats would My live there. Being, I think that was the like the cats. That's their space. They're indoor cats. Uh -huh, I see what you're saying. Now I have to. And also, I don't want to say this, but I am going to say it because I'm Iranian and I'm practical. OK, <laughs> I think you have to sometimes I hate to say this. You have to think about what is the best situation for mm -hmm. these animals, right? Like if you mm -hmm. are like, OK, I'm going to live in a van which maybe you want to live in a van, but I actually, and I want to live in the van for all these reasons, but I don't think kitties are going to do well in the van. Then maybe you find a beautiful home, even though it breaks your heart for these kitties to go. And then maybe even like this happened to my family. We had a cat and then my, my dad had to go overseas for work. We gave the cat to a friend. And then when we came back, we got the cat back mm -hmm. and it was like two years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. There's a lot of, you just, you know, it sounds like you're in a hard situation. A lot of this shit is fucking life and it sucks. And like, none of it is your fault. And so it's like, you kind of just have to think, what am I doing with my situation that I've been given? I don't know. I vote trailer though. <laughs> this, this woman has not given up her, yeah. her cats. Right, right, right. Yeah. And I'm not, I but don't I, think she should. I think the cats yeah. are happy. So I vote trailer because that seems like the compromise yeah. of all of these things. Right. And you stay in one spot, but you could keep it smaller and downsize it. I also think that, you know, of all of this, I think, Sudi, what you said up top was like, what do you need the most? And be honest mm. about that. Do mm -hmm. you know, it's true when you're house hunting, when you're looking for a place that you rent and don't own, you have to be like, hey, can I have my animals? So that's going to be like first stop. You got to know your max budget. And don't be afraid to make your max budget lower. Like, you know, when people are like, I don't want to have to spend $2,500. And it's like, well, then don't. Like, make your budget 21 And, like, if you if it's more important to you to have extra money in your pocket for what may come, and as somebody with three animals, <laughs> something going to come, I'll tell you that right now, you might want to keep some extra money. It's like, you just know, okay, if I know I'm going to keep my budget low, I'm going to be in a smaller place. So how do I then adjust that space to make it work? You know, cats are fine. The only thing with a small space in cats is just like, you just want to make sure you don't smell a litter box all day long. Other than that, like, they don't need too much. Like, they could be, they'll be fine. Well, they each need their own little territory. Well, Andy, okay, look, you indulge our children far too much. Okay? Put two cats on one damn couch, everybody fine. <laughs> this is that one box energy that I'm just loving. <laughs> We got two boxes, but this is one box dynamic. <laughs> Andy, next. Because the love knows no bounds. <laughs> Andrew, next question. All right. Let's do, let's finish up with a short one we got a while ago, but. Uh, is it juicy though? I think so. All right. All right. This comes from Becca from an Instagram direct message. Okay. Hi, Andy and Naomi. I'm a relatively new listener, but have appreciated listening to the podcast as a distraction from law school. Okay. I have a pseudo relationship question. I'm in my early 20s and I've never been in a romantic relationship. I feel like I'm behind and don't know how to navigate a world of people with more relationship experience than me. I'm also asexual, with ads, which adds another dimension. Do you guys have any advice for how to approach dating as a quote unquote late bloomer? Thanks. And I love the show. An asexual late bloomer, but wants to get out there and have some 
partnership sometimes. Asexual, but not aromantic. Exactly, exactly. So like wanting some, Mm. yeah, some friendship. Well, no, wanting like a romantic connection, but just not, you know, with genitals involved. I think, first of all, there's got to be so many, not so many, there have got to be sites for asexual people, most certainly. Mm. Where you you guys keep talking. I'll look up on ye olde internet. Like and look. What about field? Is that what it's called? What about yeah? That I think. I mean, you can type in very specific things in field. Ooh. F e e l d. Oh, is it with the two e's? Because you know, I thought it was like yes, as in play the. You know what I mean? Field, like play the field. But no, you're telling me. All right, just from a Google I don't search. Know, actually, asexuals.net. Sure. So they, they did not get in hey. there quick enough. Nope. They, they couldn't get net. the com. They couldn't get the dot gov. They had to go with .net. They didn't want to pay it. They didn't want to pay it. I also think that there are early 20s is actually not that late. I'd like think of so many people like now that are experienced in love that in their early 20s, you know, it happens at all different times for everybody. But there's you have to remember there's so many people in the world. And like probably so many people in your town or your, your, your school or like whatever. And like. There are a lot more people than you think that are having the exact same experience as you because if you're experiencing it, it's common. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, Definitely. humans are incredibly alike. I think that's the thing I took away from yeah. Heidegger's being in time, which is that <laughs> right? <laughs> cool, indeed. Right. Which is that we're all right. relatively the same. We all go get our food at the supermarket. Most of us brush our teeth. <laughs> like Most of us brush our teeth. Yeah. Like the similarities are incredibly robust, let's yes. say. Yes. So if you are having a problem, there are probably other asexual folks out there that are having the same problem. So this is not a, uh, uh, you're not unique in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Right. You're not alone. And I also you're think it's, it's exciting that you took the initiative to even send this question because to me that tells me that you know that you're on the start of a journey. Mm. There's something in your life right now that you maybe before maybe weren't actively looking to change and now you're feeling that desire. And so I feel like no matter what, like, yes, start the journey. Like it's a game of inches. Mm. You know what I mean? Like go on the websites, meet people, go into situations knowing I'm looking for a romantic connection and like, Mindset is everything. Now, Andy, do you have any other websites in addition to asexuals.net? Well, let's see here. Internet, do your thing. It says, Tammy.com, an asexual dating app really made for ace people. All right. All right. Really for aces. Anything else? So, base? Again, I, mean, we, I want more puns in that space. Wait, I just looked it up. Asexuality is one of the 20 sexual options, sexuality options available on the field app. Oh, on the field. Okay, so you could be on the field app and you could say ace. F-E-E-L-D, I yeah. was right. How, like, how many dates in do you say whatever your preference is to someone? But this is why I think you need to go into a space with that other person because you that person needs to know up top, I am not interested up top. in... Um, sexual contact, and then they can decide. right away you say, just to get them out of the way because you don't have to, you don't need that, that drama. You don't need that uh-huh. drama. Just get them you out don't want to get you don't want to get butthole pics. Exactly, and you also just don't. You know, it's all it's all about because I mean, to me, that's the one the the one good thing about online dating is that you can be very upfront mm-hmm. about what you want. 
right? Exactly. So that's kind of to me the best part is that you could just literally go, this is what I'm about. If you're about that, you know, send me a like or whatever, you know, whereas in the, when you just meet somebody in the real world, you got to like feel them out and you don't know. And what are you interested in? Are you single? Do you like me? It's like, this is what I want. You want it too? Message me. You know what I'm saying? These apps, I don't like the names. No one really did a lot of like uh, heavy thinking when they came up with some of these names. There is weareher.com, which is the best asexual dating app for women, it says. All right. That's not fun at all. No, none of these are. Wait, Naomi, like what would you, if you were creating an asexual dating app, what would you call it? Like A plus sexual. Thank you, Sudi, off the top of her dumb. Off the what top about, of her dumb. What about no groin? <laughs> no groin is not good. The word groin is gross. <laughs> it's not bad. It's bad. <laughs> you could call it mediocre. It's mid. Nope. I'm going to say bad. <laughs> I, I say mediocre. I told you bad. And I said what I said. Sudi, any more? Any more fun ones? I imagine this is like 3 a.m. in the SNL room. More names <laughs> for asexual dating websites. Yeah. Just well, uh, Colin Jones like, with a cigar in his about, mouth. Going, we need more names for this uh, asexual dating site. Don't be saying people's names. I know. Don't <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I don't live there don't anymore. Scar Joe. I don't live. Scar Joe just sitting in the corner reading a book. There <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and I think a nice website for this lovely person who messaged us. Actually, I'm going to get off the asexuality thing and just be like, romantics are us. Okay. This person wants romance. Right, right, right. right. They want a picnic yes. where they're not throwing okay. grass in a river. They're actually making some eye contact. Uh-huh. They want maybe a flower. Yep. They want a yep. rose. Yep. They want consideration. Yes. 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 Where's my yes. fucking rose? They want a little parasol. <laughs> parasol. Parasol. On a, boat. a parasol in the sunshine. That's what this person yes, wants. Yes, they do. It's true. It's true. But no, also, where's my fucking rose.com is also a good one, Andy. So I think you Give should Give me also- that rose.net. <laughs> you know, something. The dot net is really off-putting to me. When I see dot net, I just think seedy. I think underground. You can get org. Wrestling team, my old sketch duo, we had wrestlingteam.org because the com was taken. But don't go yeah. down to net. You Don't go down to that. You just want everyone to go to the wrestling team website and oh, try we, to find a subtle do you think plug. We, Naomi, do you think we haven't we haven't worked together in 10 years? Do you think I've kept that URL? I don't know. Can we not fight in front of Sudi? Just <laughs> go. Now it's getting a little chew box. Uh-huh. Does it feel like home? <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Bickering, but kind of like always sort of solid. <laughs> That actually allows for the bickering. When you know that person is not going, then you can really push up against that edge. Oh, that's me. I give Andy (laughs) so much shit because I'm safe. Because I don't feel safe with anybody else in my life. I can't even talk to my own, you know, family. So the ability to, like, tell Andy where I'm like, ah, ah. You know what I mean? Like, I really, I really love it. I relish it. I get into it. (laughs) Sudi, last chance to pepper in a dating story. (laughs) Okay, here's my one fun story. Okay. Okay, I was on a date and the person had pulled into my driveway and I was like, this is kiss moment. This is kiss moment. This is the driveway. This is the kiss moment. I'm in the car with them, obviously. (laughs) And um, this individual had been talking about Nathan Fielder in the car and had to kind of finish their thought about Nathan Fielder in the driveway. And I had no idea how to transition from 
him talking about Nathan Fielder into a smooch. Um, <laughs> and so I said, okay, I'm going to give you a hug. And then I went into my uh, uh, house and I had to take a shot because it was so bad. And I was saying this to myself because of what I had done. I mean, a little bit what he had done, but because I was like, okay, I'm going to give you a hug. And it was so bad. And I was in my house and I was going like this out loud. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Because <laughs> I had just experienced a, a moment of human anguish uh, uh-huh. from both sides. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It was one of the most awkward, devastating moments of my oh. life. No. So, Sudi, the thing about the rehearsal is you, you don't understand. It's just, uh, <laughs> oh, wait, you want to give me a hug? All right. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, I get that. I've done that no before. That no, that yeah, no, the, is no out loud. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my God. Sudi. 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 Am I going to have a vulnerability hangover when this podcast ends? Well, I definitely don't want you to scream no, no, no when yeah, it's don't, over. Okay? Don't go over to the gin yeah, and just start relax. lamenting. <laughs> no, this was, I just got to tell you, you're the bee's knees. We just, you the cat's pajamas, kid. When I, you know, when I, you know, us getting to know each other here in Los Angeles, honestly, we have a little chat at a show. I go, see, Naomi, this is why you leave the house. So that's something oh. you're doing. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. That is so sweet. I have to say you are two of the most charismatic people on this earth. <laughs> oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. You. Stars. You. Pashaw. I can't. I can't. You're doing the right thing having this podcast. And thank God I'm the one doing it. <laughs> <you're> not- <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. See you all next time. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.